We've qualified for the World Cup. Go and compete. Hello and welcome to the 24th edition of the Put Them Under Pressure podcast. My name is Kieran and I'm joined remotely by Adrian and Connor. It's our first podcast of 2021. Uh, we'd like to begin by wishing everyone a very happy new year. Um, new year, new me, new year resolutions, guys. Is that something that you do? Nope. <laughs> no? No, uh, I have no interest in self-improvement. <laughs> very good. Like, I'm happy enough where I am, Like to be honest. I think you're doing very well, Flynn. There's probably no room for improvement. <laughs> Yeah, I'm at max level here at the moment. <laughs> um, I mean, I think everyone just wants to like get healthier. That's always the one, isn't it? I'm gonna get healthier. I'm gonna exercise more. I'm not gonna not gonna get takeout. Um, but will it last? I don't know. No, we all hope it will. I think people lie to themselves um, when it comes to new New Year's resolutions, especially with like the getting healthy part. Yeah. Because people starve themselves for January and then they just, you know, go all out then February onwards. And it actually is probably worse for your health to do that. They make bad, like big changes for January. And it's so hard that they just give it up then instead of just making a small change that they can keep up for the year. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like it's probably, um, I suppose people are so, so adamant to, you know, lose a stone in a month or something that they, they go fucking full out. Um, and just get burnt out after, like you said, like three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. And just all they want to do is go back on the drink and go back eating um, like donuts and I don't know, <laughs> fried chicken, fried mm-hmm. chicken and waffles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Christ. But that's what people eat that, don't they? Isn't that a thing? Yeah, they that's do, like yeah. an American combo. Yeah, very American. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah. weird, but anyway. So um, no, no, no resolutions for me this year or any year. That, that's fair. Yeah, I, I mean, even if people make them I, I, and I hear them, I, I don't believe them. You know, it's... You don't have any, do you? Um, no, not really. I try to do the um, the small ones, though, like throughout the year. So I always make like small changes. Like I haven't, I haven't drank in it in over a year. I haven't had any drink Fuck. in it over a year. Um, okay. And that was only like a small thing where it was a case of like... Uh, well, I just want to take a few weeks off, and then it was like, well, I've done a month now, and yeah, so I've had over a year. So, I mean, you haven't bit... missed much this year because, I mean, I only drink for social mm. reasons anyway. Like, I yeah, I don't take much pleasure in drinking a glass of wine late in the evening because, to be honest, I think most alcohol tastes like shite anyway. <laughs> like, it's just, it, I mean, it's literally poison. It doesn't taste good. It's bitter beer. It doesn't taste good. I, like people, they go out and they have like a meal and they'd have like one beer with like a mm. burger or something. To me, it's just fucking madness. Like if I'm drinking, I'm drinking to get drunk, not to taste beer. <laughs> I'd yeah. rather have a can of Coke. Like, It's a, it's a fair point. And yeah, I, I think I think you're right. If this was any other year, normal year, I'd probably have, you know, had temptation in my way. If you're going out, like, like you said, there for a meal where maybe afterwards people want a couple of drinks. Uh, th- we're not doing that this year for you know very obvious reasons. So it, it's you know it's a lot easier to not buy it in your shop and then not have it than you know to go to pubs and restaurants frequently and try not to drink. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So odd one, but yeah, booze is booze is weird, but it gets the job done, I guess for for people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true though. I mean, it like. The whole taste thing. Remember when you first started drinking and we all drank Bulmers because it tasted the most yeah. like Sidona. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Like anyone who drank vodka and said they liked it when they were 16 is full of shit. Because vodka, <laughs> if I had a shot of vodka now, I might vomit. I used to yeah. drink uh, straight whiskey when I was like 17, 16, thinking I was cool. Yeah. Fucking mm-hmm. killed myself multiple times nearly. <laughs> I was well worth it. But I have, like, I will say I've lost my sweet tooth as I've gotten older. So, like, I would I would much rather drink probably straight whiskey than, like, a whiskey and Coke. Oh, I can't think of anything worse, to be honest. Vodka and Coke, and Coke just gives me flashbacks. Yeah, I can't have it. Yes. Yeah, I'm the same yes. with uh, rum. 
oh my god Bacardi Jesus Christ I think my first bad night Bacardi yeah yeah Captain Morgan's for me I think is one just the smell sickly sweet just yeah oh is there an alcohol that doesn't smell or taste like shite actually (laughs) Uh, like west coast cooler or okay these new seltzers you know the white claw it's just like having flavored water yeah mimosas uh when I was uh, in London there, uh, we were having mimosas for breakfast and uh, I didn't know they were alcoholic. Yeah. I had um, like 10 of them. I yeah. was fucking bollocks by like 11 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Those breakfast cocktails like uh, the Bloody Marys and things. Oh my God, they're delicious. But yeah, you don't realize. It was it was mimosas, wasn't it, Hanley, that we had one Christmas morning after... Christmas morning, yeah. After... We were, oh. Man. We were shook, yeah. And my mother, my mother surprised us with mimosas at like ten a.m. and we barely got them down. <laughs> yeah. And I, if I remember correctly, it was like the orange it had bits in it, which made it just that bit harder. Oh, oh it was like Tropicana mimosas. <laughs> 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 oh, that was a rough Gag. morning. Yeah, rough, rough morning. Merry Christmas! Yeah, cheers to that. Yeah, I hope everyone had a a fantastic Christmas and a good New Year's too. Lots of fireworks round our direction. I'm not sure what it was like down in Barry Row, Flynn. There were fireworks on the horizon, but that might have just been all the way up in Cork City, like for all I know. <laughs> they were very distant. I'm just imagining, like you know, Barry Row as the Shire and Timmer League as you know, yeah, uh, Mordor. It kind of is. Yeah. Yeah, a probably always bit. like that. Yeah, Kieran, did those first sets of fireworks like scare the shit out of you? Because they must have been like directly outside your window. They were, yeah, they were on the green outside yeah. the apartments in front of us, and yeah. it was it was like five past midnight. So we went to the window, and luckily, woke up my son, um, and we were looking. But like they were on us, like right yeah. in front of us too, and like we're top floor, so they were going off near enough like our height smashing your window like <laughs> it was unreal though i have to say i mean it, it took us by a surprise but it was it was pretty pretty spectacular felt like you know in the drone footage of their flying through fireworks yeah felt like that that's yeah. pretty cool right well i think we better talk some football lads um, <laughs> yeah fine fine <laughs> if we have to now i want to take everyone back firstly to i think podcast number seven maybe number 10 i don't know where we did the team of the year for 2020 um so far uh just remind everyone of the fantastic shout that i made of bruno fernandez which everyone gave me stink for and now everyone is you know loving it and loving bruno fernandez but wanted to do a little twist on it for obvious reasons um because a lot of these team of the years are just around Liverpool, Man City, United and, and kind of Chelsea teams uh, and players. So wanted to put a spin on it and do best players outside the top four. Wanted to also include this to, you know, the general public, because I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Dave has a lot of input into who these players are, right or wrong. And just open up to you guys, uh, Adrian. I think you've written out like a couple of teams of the mm-hmm. best players outside the top four in the Premier League. So who do you have for us? So, uh, what I did was I wrote out two different formations. They're actually quite similar players, but you know each formation can't allow for a certain player. So I'm going to go with what I actually think is probably the best team. Right. So my four at the back, I'm funnily enough not even totally sure of, but I'll give you some options. Right. Um, in goal, oh, we should say what we consider the top four is first. Yes. <laughs> it's a bit of an odd one because over the 2020, they may not have necessarily been uh, top four clubs. But I think the general consensus is that it's Liverpool, Man City, United and Chelsea are top four. We'll yeah, because consider- they, they got the Champions League spots, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, sorry. They got the Champions League spots, yeah. I don't, yeah. don't agree with this definition of top four being the top four teams. I think that's outrageous. <laughs> well, Arsenal, Arsenal are joint top four now. So maybe we're doing 
Arsenal were, you know, an injustice here. Well, yeah. Um, there, the point is, it's not the current top four as it stands. I think yes. that's the point we're making, okay? Everyone, so, it, yeah, go on. Everyone could just, like, use their imagination for a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're just going to get stick about it anyway, so it doesn't matter. We make the rules, okay? Um, so, in goal, we, uh, well, I put uh, Leno from Arsenal. I agree <laughs> with that. Yeah, no no complaints. I thought he had uh, an outstanding 2020. And this is the thing. I'm not looking at from the season so far. I'm trying to look at back in January as far as now. Yeah. And okay. it's a shame that Martinez emerged and had such a good run and just had to sell him. Uh, if he had done that a year before before we uh, bought Leno, would have saved us a good bit of cash. <laughs> and he's pretty good himself. But I'm happy with Leno. Yeah, Leno, I mean, Larice is up there, Schmeichel, but I, I figured Leno has done the best, really. What about Nick Pope? I yeah, he was he was very close, but um I figured I, I think that Burnley had a really bad spell at the start of the season, and that kind of stuck in my mind more than Arsenal's spell because I thought Leno was really good even when Arsenal weren't playing well. Okay. That's a fair point. Fair play. Okay, thank you. Right, left back. Uh, I went for Cresswell just to spruce it up. Um, <laughs> I'm anti West Ham, so mm. I I tried to I tried to include West Ham just because they're having a decent season, even though I know we don't like them. But if you're to pick one player from West Ham, he's probably one of the best, definitely. I suppose. Um, I'm just gonna chime in on every one of your choices and just say you should have picked an Arsenal player but <laughs> okay. in this case especially Tierney I think is I think he's look I think he's the best fullback in the league but no one <laughs> okay. is going to back me on that but you're going to learn you're all going to see it anyone who watches Arsenal knows how good Tierney is and he's starting to show it now and by the end of the season, I don't think there'll even be a question about it. Um, again, I'm just talking 2020. Fine, I think I know. he had a patchy 2020. I think Cresswell was consistent. Uh, yeah. the, the only other one I had in mind was Bertrand, really. Jeez, I don't know. Mm. Okay. I think to, to argue Finn's point of uh, Kieran Tierney, I think he's a great player too. But wasn't he mm-hmm. injured for the whole like year? Yeah, okay. If we're doing the yeah. year, I guess. And also that time he fell over. Do you remember that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He played a blinder yesterday, so I, it's obviously fresh in the memory, Flynn. This is it, and it's hard to think back like all the way back to January. So well, I, about, I did my best. What about yeah, Luca, Luca Dean? That's yeah. a good show. I should have put that down. Let me <laughs> write that down. Slash Dean. Yeah. Hmm. You might have undone me there. Right. <laughs> okay. I won't um, mention another Arsenal player for the rest of the. <laughs> no, you can you can mention them because uh, I don't have many. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, my two centre backs. Oh God, I have four, so I'm just going to name two: Vestergaard and Cody. My other two were Ogbonna and Mings. I don't know where this Connor Cody hype comes from. To be honest, mm. like I see him in Team of the Season from like Sky Sports and stuff as well. I don't mm-hmm. think he's that good. <laughs> like he's fine. I actually, I, I was looking at the other centre-backs, like, Sionchu was nearly there, but then he he has missed a lot of this season, and, like, I don't want to put Alderweireld in there, for fuck's sake. Like, I just think he's a donkey. Cody plays very well in a good Wolves team, and that's about the extent of it. I do think Vestergaard is a definite in there, especially for this season. Okay, well. All right. Yeah, yeah, you're in. You're in. No one, no one thinks Agbona, Agbona or Mings should be in there over oh, God, Cody no. and... Not over them, no. <laughs> I think Mings. I think Mings justifies a spot. He's perhaps not the best centre back, but he's ever present for Villa, and he's a mm-hmm. bit of a bit of a brick house, isn't he? Yeah, and they are playing well this season. If you if you look at them last season, that's the thing you'd never put them in, but considering this season, you, you'd consider it. Yeah, since the restart, Villa <laughs> have been like a completely different team. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go Vestergaard and Mings, Cody, anyone? Oh, Mings. I'll go Cody over Mings. Uh, after all the 
I don't uh, understand the Cody hype. I know, <laughs> Jesus. If the if the alternative is Ming's, fine, Cody. Okay, right back. I'm going to give you a choice here, um, and also give a better input if you want. But for the year, for the whole year, Doherty or Justin? Doherty, surely. He's on sweet fuck all this season. Um, mm-hmm. But Jesus. Justin didn't do much uh, for last Justin, year. Yeah, sure. Justin didn't even play last season, did he? No. That's, uh, that's what I was thinking, yeah. I think he played the odd bit, but I don't think he played much. What about... Oh, I was going to say Kufal. No, never mind him. Kyle Walker's Peters. I think he's like quietly solid. Yeah. All right. I think I could get on board with that. Walker Peters over Doherty and the year he had. I guess he did have a good year. Uh, Bellerin, is he in with a shout at all? Mm, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Doherty or Walker Peters, so we're gonna go for one of them. Sure. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Doherty. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call it. Okay. We have a midfield three uh, with one holding midfielder who is Declan Rice. Ooh. Um, oh, is that debatable? Try and find a better holding midfielder in those teams, and it's very tough. Uh, yeah. Wilfred indeed didn't play much, and we're not going to put Hoiberg in there. No, so. that's fair. Did Indeedy um, not play much? I thought he did. Not this season. No, he's been out a good bit. Okay, well. What about one of the uh, the Wolves holding midfielders, Neves or Moutinho? They're not impressive, I guess, but they're good players. Yeah, I just think Rice is better. Okay, that's fair. I feel like you just watched like West Ham against <laughs> Everton yesterday. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Honestly, I didn't. I, I, I thought about this for at least three minutes. Um, so, nice. yeah, it was it was Rice, Hoiberg, or Ndidi for me based on the whole year. Because um, I know Wolves have been really good last season, but not so much this season. What and Rice, even when West Ham were crap, he was probably their best player. What about Tielemans? Yeah. Yeah, I, I had him in my mind. I just don't think he's as... I don't think he... I don't think he's been as influential on the team. There, I'll put it that way. As Rice? Yeah. As Royce, does Royce have much influence on the team? This season, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I yeah. Think this season, I, definitely. He's captain them and stuff. I'm sure, hasn't he? All right. <laughs> We'd know if we did any research. <laughs> this is this is hard, right? Two, uh, let's call them attacking midfielders in Madison and Grealish. Yeah. What about Madison? Son? Yeah, son. I'll get to him. Okay. Ooh. Oh. Okay, all right. This is where things are... I mean, you think it's been bad so far. This is where things are going to get hairy. But <laughs> Okay, so my, my attacking five, let's go with that, right? So on the left wing, I've got Aubameyang. Up front, I've got Vardy. On the right wing, I've got Son. And then Madison and Grealish in behind that. So Aubameyang, Vardy, Son as the front three. Madison and Grealish in midfield. Ah, well, it's not, a, it's not a very plausible team, maybe, but that's what I've picked. Aubameyang for last season, yes. This season, like, I hate the guy. Yeah, I also felt but... bad putting him on the left wing. Mm-hmm. Well, but you need variety. I guess so, but it's like Aubameyang last season was so good and basically won the FA Cup and um, Community Shield, <laughs> if that counts. <laughs> But uh, he was so good last season, and this season he has not been good. But it nearly evens out, and he's even with this season, he still nearly earned it over other players. Yeah, I think so. Mm. And Vardy has to be there. Son has to be there as well. But I felt Grealish also had to be there. So that's kind of why I made that kind of team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can get behind that team. I could support that team. Maybe I should have gotten rid of Madison and put in... Uh, who did you say over midfield over Rice in midfield? Tielemans. Tielemans, yeah, maybe I'll do that. 
couple of uh, a couple of players I thought would be included. <laughs> Three actually. Yeah. Okay. Danny Ings. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Danny Ings is the perfect combination of old and new school striker. Yeah. You know, um, Harry Kane. Yeah, I know. Oh my god, <laughs> fucking hell! Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, that's that's why I'm worried about this. Yeah, and the I guess the other one was Raúl Jiménez. I know he's mm. got half a skull this season, but he's a good player. What about Zaha and Ward Prowse? Those were two I thought you might. Okay, Ward Prowse can fuck off. Um, Zaha, okay, good. yeah, but people always think I'm biased. I mentioned one Palace player, and it's just like everyone's like, "Oh, sure, of course yeah. he's picking him." Yeah, I mean, I tried to do a team that had Vardy and Kane in it. It's just not as easy because then where does Son go? And then you're losing out maybe Grealish and Aubameyang. So this was just the team that I felt. Well. Sorry, who, so who do you have in midfield so now? Okay, so my midfield is Rice, Tielemans, and Grealish. And up front, <clears throat> Vardy, Aubameyang, Vardy, and Son. I'd nearly lose Grealish for Kane. Okay. Mm. And have Aubameyang have, as, like a, as a winger, yeah. And, midfielder? Um, yeah. And a 4 4 2. Yeah. So you're playing like four up top. <laughs> More or less. Son and okay. Aubameyang on the wings and Vardy and Kane up front. Kieran, what do you think? Yeah. I, if we're going to, I think we keep Grealish in and I think we just drop a couple defenders. I mean, you know, we, <laughs> that's true. We've got, <laughs> yeah. We're going, we're going big, you know. It's only going to be a once off game. We're going to be playing with them, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that we haven't told him yet, but that's gonna be like Roy Keane's testimonial or something, right? So we can play like a a, a two four four formation. Well, we can drop Cresswell. I think everyone's happy with that. Yeah. yeah okay. Fine. Or you okay, can well... just play Harry Kane at left back. <laughs> or okay, how, about, well... how about Saka left back? Jesus. See, we're gone. We're gone off the boil altogether here now. Uh, What's wrong boil, with that? Sorry. Aubameyang, I mean, Saka plays left back for most of last season. Uh, no, he hasn't been that good all season, though. I think he has. As good as Cresswell. I, I don't accept that. Well, I think that there's one easy way to kind of settle it is we put it out to the listeners. You let us know whether Cresswell has earned his place in the. <laughs> best 2020 Premier League team outside of the 20, uh, bet top four teams. Um, it, the debate rages on, I'm sure. Okay, so um, up front we have Kane and Verdi. Behind that we have Aubameyang, Grealish and San as a three. Does that sound right? Sure. <laughs> then we have Declan Rice. Do we want Tielemans in there? Yeah, go on. Okay. Uh, so, how many more do we need? Uh, three more players. So, we need a back three now. Vestergaard, Cody, and Mings. Fantastic. That's a title-winning team in the one <laughs> game they're going to play. So, <laughs> As long as they get like 80 points in that one game. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, it's a, it's a Jesus. Why do none of us have this as our fancy football team? I mean, the front five anyway. Just bring on like West Brom defenders then or something. Yeah, yeah. That's a serious front five. Aubameyang, Kane, Vardy, Grealish, and Son. Rice, Te- Rice, and Vestergaard, Cody, and Mings. Is that it? Is that our decide? Oh, and uh, Leno in, in goal. Leno in goal. God help him! Fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> be, be peppered. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's good at shot stopping, so I mean, he's already, you know, set up for success. So it's mm. so that was our 2020 team of the year with players outside the top four teams. Hope you enjoyed it. Leave your suggestions, your criticism, because I'm sure there'll be criticism um, on the Facebook page or on the YouTube comments. Uh, moving on now to more current football. 
the last game we would have all seen was Chelsea versus Man City. A lot of hype building up to it. Uh, I guess Man City off the back of a nice 10-day break because all their players are gals and broke COVID restrictions. Yeah. Again, Handy. Kyle what, Walker. What happened? <laughs> what happened to Chelsea? Um, I thought Chelsea actually played pretty well for the first 15 minutes or so. I don't know. Is that any kind of compliment or not? <laughs> but they were just, I mean... Can I just say Man City were better? Is that is that shit assessment? But they were. I mean, Chelsea never really looked like they were going to get back into the game. Man City had better players. Um, they're even missing five players. I'm not even sure who the five were. I know there's Walker, Jesus, Ederson. I don't. I didn't even notice two more missing, but supposedly they were. Ake was. Uh, it? I think. Yeah, and Eric Ake Garcia. The other one? Okay. Look, Chelsea are in a bit of trouble. We've uh, we've tried to stick up for Frank an awful <laughs> lot on this podcast. No, we haven't. <laughs> well, I have. <laughs> okay. And I think he could be in a bit of trouble. I, I think everyone knows the record that Chelsea managers have in terms of getting booted for nothing. Yeah, and um, uh, sure he is. I not- mean, the, no. we saw things earlier about his his... He is what? He has no excuses, no. Not really, no. They went out and um, bought a quarter of a billion worth of players for everyone he wanted yeah. and more. Everything he could possibly want. Yeah. The only Their only saving grace is that they're not that far down the table, if, if that's a fair thing to say. Um, but they haven't really hit the ground running. They, they, they had a few good results at the start of the season, but Christ, the last three or four games they've been bad um i think i think one thing that is good is that they're still in the champions league and he has gotten them further in the champions league than man united have but i don't oh. think that'll be enough yeah <laughs> yeah you didn't think of that that's true <laughs> but is that uh down to frank or down to how bad ollie is <laughs> Uh, it's it's definitely how bad Ole was. Uh, they've certainly pulled out of the bag recently, United. But look, the Chelsea thing, I th- I think I can't see him being given another three months. I just can't, unfortunately. I think he'll go if they lose another game. Yeah, I don't think he'll go because of this one. I think if he loses again next week, he could be gone. Yeah, or that's weekend. it. There's no shame in losing to Man City. But That's it. He's 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 lost to Everton, and he uh, I don't have the fixtures in front of me. But that's another game last week. Drew, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. Lost... He lost to Arsenal when we were at our worst. That was the catalyst. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You bounce back from that uh, that that win over Chelsea. It's like four or five losses. Like the we've we've said this before in the podcast. The Christmas period is so important for teams. As you can see with Arsenal, they're turning their season around just by getting results and momentum when games are back-to-back. Uh, with Chelsea, they're just deflated. I feel sorry for Frank Lampard. I know people, <laughs> I know people are, are saying that like this is he's a bad manager. He's not. He's implemented a good style. He's just got players that are not turning up for him. You, any one of you would have had... Sake. Any one of you would have had Havertz, Zayec, uh, Werner... Pulisic, Kovacic, uh, Mount in your teams. If at the start of the season you were told, yeah, your club is bringing them in, they would have made the first team and anyone would have hyped them completely. They're just not playing. I I also think they're still adapting to the Premier League. I mean, Kai Havertz has hardly played. Um, Thiago Silva has done well, but you remember his first game when he was minced by West Brom two or three times. Uh, Werner is still, I think, adapting. It's probably why they've done well in the Champions League, but not the Premier League. That would be my uh, thinking. Uh, Frank can't beat a big team. He's a coward in big games. He sets up for the draw almost every time. Today was the first time he didn't set up for a draw, and he got minced. He's he's not up to the job, really. Uh, in fact, he's 
so cowardly that I would be embarrassed to have him at my team if I was a Chelsea supporter because fuck off. <laughs> I mean, they spent 250 million on players to play for the draw against any big team they come up against and they lose anyway. Congratulations, Frank. Frank just wants to do the right thing. All right. He wants to, to build. That? I don't know. <laughs> he wants to rebuild a, <laughs> a, a club that has had instability since 2003. And it finally seems like, well, up until the last few games, it felt like they were uh, Chelsea and, and Abramovich and the board and that were, you know, stable, that they were going on the right direction that things were being built and progress was being made. Now, there's been tons of success for Chelsea since 2003, but it's always been at the expense of a manager or a player or something like that, whereas it felt quite solid for a while. Um, it's probably not going to happen, but he should definitely be given time. I don't I, think he's I th- a bad, bad manager. Yeah, and I think it's easy to forget how well he did last season with um, a group of either two old or two young players and getting the top four. But uh, and you'd hope how well, <laughs> yeah, top four with those players with fucking Mason Mount, who was like a nobody, and Reese James and all those fucking nobodies, Gilmore, nobody. Gilmore was nobodies. not playing last season, he played a couple of times, <laughs> he was not a key part of that team. And, and losing their the best player, they were pretty unproven. They were, you know, they were they were championship players, a this lot of them. and. I, I don't know. I still think he did well last season. I still think that's being forgotten. And they're going through a bad patch now of a few games. If the bad patch continues to... I mean, they're probably on a half dozen games now that haven't gone well. If it goes to a dozen games, I think he's done. But, you know, you know, a good win could pull him straight out of it. <laughs> yeah, you'll be waiting. <laughs> Well, look, I think to kind of conclude on the, the Chelsea woes is Frank Lampard is a saint. He's a fantastic person. He's an incredible guy. He's an inspiration. And any one of us would be begging for him to, to lead us into it's a battle, into, <laughs> into a match. Um, yeah, well, incre- incredible yeah. person. Frank Lampard is a Tory who's had everything in life handed to him. And he left Chelsea where he's a legend to go play for Man City for a few years for money. And he's mm. been handed this job at Chelsea again for no reason. He didn't do fuck all at Derby. I don't want to hear about Derby County. He took him from sixth to sixth. He's a fucking clown. He strikes me as someone who would be like your ideal stepdad or something. <laughs> There's something really, really British. appealing about that. Like, I'd love to... You want I love him to put a, to put an arm around my shoulder and bring me for a pint. If That'd he was your nice. stepdad, he'd be putting his arm around your mother, you know. I know, yeah, but you could forgive that because he's just he's just got one of those, you know, friendly. There's something about him. If you anything, want, you want Frank to do your mother. Well, <laughs> if we're talking about Ollie versus Frank, I don't want Ollie anywhere near my mother because I think he's a creep. Yeah, if anything, you'd be guiding Frank Lampard into your mother. Oh Lord! Oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> can we move on? We can. We can. We referenced them. We spoke to. Uh, we spoke about them on how the Christmas period is important, and you can get a lot of momentum around it. Arsenal have, I guess, been rejuvenated. Arteta's stuck to his guns. Has had a bit of a shakeup. Got some young players playing. And Flynn, you must be quite pleased with what you're seeing. Yeah, last time we spoke, I was like, there's nothing positive to say about the team. Now there actually is positive things to say about the team. Namely, that William is not playing. Emile Smith-Rowe, like, I think for the whole season, going back to last summer, Arsenal were after an attacking or creative midfielder. Like, that hour from Leon didn't happen. They couldn't get who they wanted. So they had to buy Thomas Party, who's been injured for most of the season. Fucking hell for 50 mm. million. Um, that was the big problem with the team. And zero creativity. It didn't matter that we had Aubameyang up front or whoever, because we weren't creating any chances. 
So he, I think uh, Arteta just kind of threw in the towel and was like, fuck it, I'm just going to play the fella I have in the youth academy, Emil Smith-Rowe. Past three games, been brilliant. Been looking like a fucking Kevin De Bruyne on steroids. Well, a Kevin De Bruyne then. And uh, <laughs> hey. um, Saka, I said as well before that the only players I couldn't criticize in the Arsenal team were Leno, Gabriel and Saka. And Saka is playing out of a skin at the moment. Yeah. the That game against West Brom, the most recent one, won 4-0. It's really the first time this season where I've been like really enjoying watching Arsenal play football under Arteta. Like it's the first time they everything clicked. Every pass came off and every time they went forward, it was like creating chances and hitting the target and finishing and the players all connecting. Yeah. Quite happy with that. But um, mm. I mean, we are playing pretty shit teams, including Chelsea, but <laughs> there is a nice run now. Um, and, and that's what you need. Yeah. It's you know? amazing that Arsenal, we're only three points behind Chelsea title chasers, Chelsea. And um on a nice run now, got like Palace next and Newcastle. I mean, no offense to Palace, but like they're probably, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, they're not in a great spot themselves at the moment. Arsenal are yeah. actually up one point ahead of the fixtures from last season. If you like use last season's fixtures, as bad as it's been, they're still one point ahead of where they were <laughs> having played these same games. So there's an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> one point if we keep this rate up it'll only take us what 38 more years to win the league <laughs> <laughs> I mean Liverpool nearly waited that long so that's true yeah <laughs> yeah but it's it's yeah it's gone well uh, su- subtle changes I, I'm happy that Arteta kind of stuck to his plan I do think he brings a fresh approach to football uh, it's what Arsenal needed I think it would have been a big mistake to part ways with Arteta, especially after all, you know, that's been invested so far. Yeah. The only thing that really upsets me still, especially in watching that game against West Brom, is that Aubameyang is kind of always there, but he won't score me any fancy points. And it makes yeah. me very sad. Yeah, that's the only thing. Uh, Aubameyang is not quite back yet. Maybe he will never be back. I don't know. Lagazette's doing well. For the first mm-hmm. time, like two years. Sure, I wanted him gone. He was like one of the main, top lists. I was like, give him the chop because he's nothing left to offer, really. Playing great mm-hmm. at the moment. Shows what I know about football. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Join the podcast. Yeah. None of us do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's good to see Lacazette playing well and scoring goals because we often forget that he was a great player coming to Arsenal. He kind of just lost yeah, his yeah. way a little bit. So maybe, you know, maybe that's a little kind of boost he needs now in his career to start bagging goals. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Arteta has changed the system a bit. So we'll see how it goes forward. But at the same time, this is kind of built on the performance of very young players like Smith Rowe and Saka. And they'll probably go through a bad patch themselves soon. And uh, when that happens, who knows where we'll be? Because it's what are we gonna go back to William and Pepe. Great. <laughs> Imagine two years ago saying that with a sigh. Look, yeah. Um, Pepe is with Saka now playing the way he is. I don't see much of a future for Pepe at the club, and um, should probably be sold. But they probably won't get much money for him. It would be best for everyone if he was sold, probably, because uh, he's not playing very well. Probably isn't enjoying life very much at the moment, being benched for an 18-year-old or 19-year-old, <laughs> and um, doesn't look like he's close to getting his place back. He can play the Europa League. <laughs> it's not a bad Europa League option. He seems to really like playing in Europe. That's true. Uh, albeit against Dundalk. But, yeah, it reminds you know, me of Mkhitaryan that way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's... That's a good point. That's that's a player that I forget was at Arsenal and at Man United. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What what happened? What happened to you, son? I don't think he was ever very good. No, even at Dortmund, I think he, I think he was part of a good team. Yeah, I think I think before he went to Dortmund, even there was an awful lot of talk around him. 
Um, and then he went to Dortmund and did pretty well. And that's like the last time I remember him doing anything. Did he score a scorpion kick at some stage for someone? Oh, he did, yeah. For yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Oh, no. Fuck. I can't even remember. It was for Arsenal, wasn't it? it no. I actually... No, it was for United. Yeah, that's what happened. He scored a scorpion kick for United the same weekend Giroud scored a better scorpion kick for Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And Kieran, you always say it, but when you actually look at like goals of the decade, I'd say a huge percentage of them are against uh, Palace. It's incredible, really. Yeah. Yeah. But any time that, you know, Sky Sports put on their YouTube channel, like, top goal compilation or mm-hmm. funniest moments or, you know, biggest defeats. It's like, I just know when I open it up, the thumbnail is like palace. It's like, oh, why must we, why must we, why are we the clowns? Why? Well, you, you, you fulfill a role. Like you're at least. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whipping um, boys. You have something to do. At least you're not like Sheffield Wednesday. Sure. Where the fuck are West they now? Ham. Sheffield United even yes. right now. Yes, yes. What a nice segue um, uh-huh. to talk about Sheffield United. 17 matches without a win, a new record. They, they're they on course for what? 11 eight points? points? Is it eight points? Even? I yeah. think right now they have what, four? No, yeah. they have two points. Two, two they have points. two points right now. And we're what, <laughs> yeah. 17 games in. Yeah, nearly halfway. So they're on course for about like five points. Five, yeah. Wow. Like, <laughs> and to put that into perspective, like that Derby team with the lowest point scoring uh, of the season were dreadful, absolutely dire. Sheffield United is just not working for them, is it? <laughs> and that Derby team, they got like eleven points, wasn't it? Yeah. They took yeah. four off Newcastle. <laughs> See, it's not just Palace. I thought the four points would be from Palace, but there we are. <laughs> Helped that we weren't in the league, I guess. I kind of hope they set the record for lowest points ever, just because it'd be something to see. And uh, I have no strong feelings about Sheffield anyway, so it no, <laughs> doesn't hurt me to see them get battered. I guess shout out to Adrian, who at the beginning of the season would have predicted Sheffield United to be relegated, which at the time felt like a really hot take. Mm. Work. Yeah, I think I actually said Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield. Not in that order, but I think that's why I said, and that's the current bottom three. So fingers crossed those three go down and I'll be seen as some footballing genius. Brad, <laughs> we'll just edit out everything else you've said this year. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I don't know, like a few weeks back, I liked the style of football that Sheffield United played last season i remember talking on a podcast too where i thought it was cool how they had the the wing backs and they had like inverted center backs and they did all that weird kind of system stuff they were they were pretty old school and it kind of made sense that they weren't changing that style because it did so well last year there has to be a reason why you know maybe it's just unfortunate that they weren't picking up points this year uh, I, I think it's at a point now where stubbornness that it's not being changed. They should really be trying something different now. Yeah, I, I saw someone say that um, Chris Wilder should keep his job even if they get relegated because of what he did to Sheffield United. But that's kind of a defeatist attitude, isn't it? Like, he, okay, he got them to the Premier League. He had a good first season in the Premier League. Now they're doing shit and they're consistently doing the shit. And and they haven't bought particularly well. Um, all the players who were doing very well for them last season don't seem to be doing so well for them this season. Like their back four was like, or well, their back three or five or whatever you call it was so impressive last season. Now they're just leaking goals, really. So uh, I, I don't really see why he's even still there unless they just can't afford to get rid of him. Yeah. Part of me thinks that I kind of like it that there's a club that that does show faith in in a manager. You know, it's it's much like with Frank Lampard. I think that you know, time time fixes things. Arteta is another example where if you give people a little bit more time than perhaps they they would have usually, things Andai. can work out. Yeah, it can it can it can happen. 
Uh, but the other side is, t- I mean, but then what What do you do? Do you get rid of him? Do you get like Slavin Bilic in? Do you just do what West Brom did and, and, and fire him, getting Sam Allardyce to get you relegated anyway? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's not going to change. I don't think Sheffield United have the pulling power, or the budget or, or, or the squad to, it doesn't matter who's leading them, they're, they're still pretty shite. Um. Yeah, it's a shame they spent twenty-five million pounds on Rian Brewster. <laughs> Do you remember when I got really excited, Hanny, when Sky Sports posted that fake update that Palace had signed him? Signed who? Signed Brewster. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, sure, that was the that was a, another steal. Uh, no, that's not the phrase. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, we robbed them. Is that what, we, what I mean? Yeah. Help me with this phrase. Jesus, daylight robbery. Okay, I, we rob Liverpool. Rob Sheffield United of twenty million. <laughs> Fleeced them. That's it. Uh, sorry, I got distracted because I actually went uh, onto the Sheffield United Facebook page just to see the comments. It's actually a mixed bag. Um, Give us a taste. Uh, no, they're they're too long, but. Uh, looks like Wilder has brought us as far as he can. Time to bring in Eddie Howe. <laughs> okay. What the fuck is happening to Sheffield United? Look again, goalkeeper is rubbish. <laughs> Playing in pink is a bad move. Like, what the fuck are these? That's on a... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it, yeah, I, I actually thought it would be all Wilder out. It's actually mixed, but there, there's probably 50% Wilder out. Mm. I'm, I'm better on that. To, uh, just go down and regroup. Yeah. Do Norwich, fucking Norwich, do it every year. Yeah, <laughs> get relegated and boop 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 back up. Then <laughs> I know. <laughs> Come on, I'll take you on again. <laughs> I, I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be having you. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly that kind of spirit. That's it. All you need is. A few bottles of red. Well, I yeah, I think there's it's a tough, a tough ask of Sheffield United to get out of the relegation zone, let alone get a few wins behind them. I do think it's, you know, I think it's already a case that they are relegated. I don't think they're yeah, they're come back from this. No, they're 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 fucked. Yeah, yeah. When Palace put you to sword, you know you're bad. Yeah, yeah, but see, like. That's where Palace are. They're like a, a cut above these lower teams. Like Palace, you know, they prey on teams like Sheffield. They're mm. like in a, I mean, I know Palace aren't in the best spot at the moment, but I think I saw a stat that they're like the best ever like team in their position right now at this point of the season. Like no team has ever had this much points to yeah. be in Palace's position. That's what always makes me um, happy when I look at things of the kind of bigger picture with Palace is that every year that we survive and I say survive, we kind of, there's only been a few seasons where we've cut it close really. Um, since, since like, this is our eighth season now is that every year is this that goes on. Yeah. Eight in a row. Now it's our longest run in the top division. Well, the premier league. When you came up, I was like being nice to you or trying to not say that I think you're just going to get relegated again you know but that's what I thought I thought you'd just go back down and you'd be fucking devastated but fucking yeah. hell eight years on yeah and like every year that comes goes on there's three three shit teams plus one or two <laughs> other shitter teams that just barely scraped getting relegated the year before so mm. every year that goes on we have this like nicer and nicer cushion below us and yeah. we beat those teams like we've beaten I think nearly everyone below us, we've beaten West Brom, we've beaten Fulham, we've beaten Sheffield United. You know, we take like six points off these teams and then we we bag a, a great win at Old Trafford or a win against City or we'll draw against Arsenal and we'll all go away happy. And each year it's like we just tack on another win. You know, it's 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 pure Roy Hudson. The guy yeah. loves... <laughs> I'd say he has the same daily routine every day. Yeah. Every day. I'd say he wakes he, up at the same time. I'd say he puts his slippers on at the same time. Yeah. Same order. 
same order yeah <laughs> left first right first yeah even looking at it now like it's exactly what you're saying there's the bottom three and then you have this like cushion of brighton just in case you have a bad run and then you have burnley newcastle who are kind of shitter than you really and you know leeds leeds may also have been found out so they'll probably drop below you at some point and then you're looking at you know possible top half finish so it won't happen it it's just happen. being being less shit than the rest. That's that's what Palace do, yeah. but it works. Yeah, and that's it, and that's what we have at the training ground. When do you know when you when you drive into the training ground, there's a, a big Palace emblem, <laughs> and in big writing it says, "Try not to be as shit as the teams below us." <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's on the crest on your jersey, <laughs> and it inspires. <laughs> that's the last. We're better. We are better than shit. Yeah, we Google this. <laughs> yeah, it's inspiring stuff, you know. Never aim too high and you'll never really be disappointed, you know. That's that's Palace. We are better than shit. Nos melios stercore. What? Nos melios stercore. There we go. We need to put that on the podcast. Oh my god, yes. On the let's podcast get some, emblem. Let's get some merch. Yes, merch. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. If Fantastic. anyone asked me what it meant, I wouldn't even lie about it. Like. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I think that brings us to the end of the <laughs> 24th podcast. Um, unless there's any final words. Uh, that Latin saying, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nos melius discost. <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, there's a better translation, I think. Nos melius quam secora. I'm going to write this down phonetically. We are better than manure. Okay. That sounds more fancy, too. <laughs> okay, try this one. Nos melius excremento. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty. That was pretty clear what it means. Yeah, I think that looks like it just means we are not shit. Yeah, I think so. Well, no. it means we are better than shit. <laughs> well, that's that's exactly what we are. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, all right. On that note, that draws an end to the twenty fourth edition of the Put Up Under Pressure podcast. Uh, make sure you go and listen to our, I guess, special series on a year with MEK Galaxy. You can find it in our videos. Go check that out. Leave a like to support. And that ends it. Yeah. yeah. You can just put in the soundbite there. You've been listening to the Put Them Under Pressure podcast. For more of our content, make sure that you follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and Facebook. Outro music. Outro music.